Turkish boy gray wolf and uh, this is going to be my top 10 uh, favorite horror movies of all time uh, in no giving given order or anything like that so uh, yeah and that's what this is so here we go all right so first off is Candyman. holy shit this movie used to scare the shit out of me when i was growing up you know what i mean like it's one of the only horror movies that ever gave me nightmares and i've seen i've seen thousands of them it's basically by a uh it's about a guy that was basically in love with a white woman uh got her pregnant family found out about it they basically ripped his skin off poured honey on him and let the bees eat him alive basically which is why they call him the candy man because of the honey and then he came back to life like a boogeyman kind of like uh bloody mary except you gotta say his name five times for him to appear and man we used to do the Candyman challenge when we grow up. I could always get to five because I knew that it was real, but there's a lot of a lot of people that couldn't get to five without freaking the hell out. Cause you gotta do it like in front of a mirror, like with no lights on. It's pretty crazy. But uh, another part of it is like this uh student at this college starts you know investigating the Candyman lore and she ends up getting caught up in it and Candyman ends up in a weird psychotic way falling for her because he sees his his ex well the woman he loved in her and he wants her to be with him in like basically in hell so he basically starts figuring out ways to kill off people in her life which is weird because everybody in her life that he wanted to get rid of in some way shape or form did the Candyman challenge you know five times Candyman 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 and then he disappeared and was just killing folks killed her best friend and everything so if you haven't watched The Candyman, I highly recommend it. It's crazy. Even to this day, it's scary as shit. I mean, there was a bunch of sequels that came after it. And the second one was okay, but the rest of them I didn't really like. Uh, they tried to do like a bunch of origin stories and things like that. I didn't really dig it. But I definitely recommend you watch the original the best and also uh, here's the trailer which I'm gonna I'm gonna post a trailer after every review so here's the trailer for Candyman have you ever heard of Candyman and if you look in the mirror you say his name five times in cities everywhere Candyman 
they whisper his name. Right. Candyman. It's just a story. Candyman. Candyman. Just a ghost story. Candyman. An entire community starts attributing the daily horrors of their lives to a mythical figure. The legend first appeared in 1890. He was attacked, mutilated, and burned to death. Poor Candyman. Helen, a woman died in there. Leave it. Everyone knows he isn't real. That's modern oral folklore. Everyone. Except Helen Lyle. Bernadette! It ain't safe around here. I don't scare too easy. Wanna know about Ruthie Jane? They ain't never gonna catch him. Who? Candyman. Who is that? I came for you. Do I know you? Now she is about to discover. Helen? What's behind the mystery? You're sick. What's behind the legend? Listen, he's under the bed! And most terrifying of all... Come with me. What's behind the mirror? He's here. Candyman, you don't have to believe. Just beware. Another one of my favorite horror movies growing up was uh, Friday the 13th, the original. And uh, I mean, it's kind of cheesy now, but I still like it. It has like an airy, eerie feel about it. Uh, you know, had some early stars like Kevin Bacon. Uh, Kane Hodder was not involved in this one. Uh, he, Kane Hodder is who played Jason, I believe, for... Jason 3, 4, and 5. Friday 13, 3, 4, and 5. But, just like in the movie Scream, Jason wasn't the original killer, which was pretty badass. The original killer was his mother, Mrs. Voorhees. You know, she was killing all the, all these campers because she felt like the, the campers are the ones that She felt like it's their fault that her son supposedly drowned. She didn't realize that, you know, that he was still alive in the woods and basically living off of, you know, animals and basically drove himself crazy because he could never find his mother. Uh, but when he actually, he actually caught up, you know, when he actually found his mother... He ended up seeing her getting uh, her head chopped off, which is why he started killing in the first place. Yeah, so and he, so that's how that happened. But yeah, I mean it's it's very campy, you know what I'm saying? You got gratuitous nudity, nudity, which was kind of nice. Uh, 
you know, people getting killed, body count was lower then, but I mean, Mrs. Voorhees was a badass, man, she was, she killed just as good as Jason did, and nobody even knew, that's what was crazy. I think my favorite death in that movie was probably uh, Kevin Bacon's character, because she crept up on him like a ninja and basically stabbed him through the neck, you know, through his bed, you know, after he just got through getting some booty. <laughs> so that was a little bit savage, but it's another one I highly recommend. I believe it came out in 1980 or 81, something like that. It's a, it's a great movie. And these, these aren't like legitimate reviews. These are, these are basically just me commenting on why I like these movies. Uh, like I'm not, I'm doing this right off the cuff. I don't, I know some actors' names, but I don't know names of characters like that unless I'm reading straight from the IMDb or something like that. So if that's what you were thinking this was going to be, you know, this is all about emotion. This is how, I, you know, why I enjoyed these movies. You know, if I remember something cool, if don't, don't get mad at me. Here's the trailer for Friday the 13th. Later.
Now, Nightmare on Elm Street is a uh, is a really really interesting horror movie because yeah, it, it scared the shit out of me just like Friday the Thirteenth and Candyman, but it also had a comedic vibe to it because Freddy had Freddy Krueger had some swag to him. You know what I mean? And for those who have never watched the original Friday the Thirteenth, uh, Robert Ingham played him. Uh, Another early role for a, a well-known actor, Johnny Depp was in it as well. Uh, and it was—I still watch it every once in a while. It's a pretty good movie. Basically, it's about a you know this child molester got caught, but he was not convicted for some reason, or either he was or he wasn't, or the police never got a chance to even get to him. But basically, the parents in the town where they well, they had molested these kids, caught up with him, and burned his ass alive. And upon burning him alive, uh, he made a deal with these dream demons to get back at all his enemies. You don't find that out until Freddy, uh, until uh, Freddy's dead, the final nightmare. But it it helps with the story. So basically, after. You know, he makes this deal, supposedly. He's granted the power to to kill people in their dreams, and that's what he does. He just starts killing children, the children of Elm Street, the children of the parents that burned his ass alive. And he starts killing them off one by one. But uh, he wasn't counting on one being as smart as Nancy. And Nancy ended up, you know, going all Rambo and trapping his ass, figured out that she could take him out of the dream. Uh, and uh, she lit his ass up too. Uh, so yeah, but not before her mother was killed and her boyfriend and her best friend and best friend's boyfriend. So she was literally, her and her father literally the last standing. It's a pretty, it's also pretty campy, but it's, even though it's mainstream, it's, a, for me, it's an essential horror movie that I can watch over and over again. And like, when I say these are like my favorites of all time, these are, I'm going by the fact that I've watched these movies literally hundreds of times. Now, I have hundreds of movies that I love, well, thousands of horror movies that I love. Some of them that I, you know, right now, I love even more than what my list is. But this is going off, this list is going off of the amount of watches and, and why I keep going back to them. You know what I mean? And this is just one that I keep going back to. Alright, so here's the trailer for the original Nightmare on Elm Street. The kids of Elm Street don't know it yet, but something is coming to get them. There's something out there, isn't there? 
You could just see cuts happen. What did that, Lieutenant? I don't know. There's a coroner got to say. He's in the jaw and puking since he saw it. You're gonna kill me for sure. Did you do it? There was somebody else there. He was locked in a room with a girl who went in alive and came out in a rubber bag. No one knows where it came from or who it will visit next. Nancy? There's something wrong with you. You're imagining things. Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> do you believe in the boogeyman? No. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. No! no! She's the only one who can stop it. If she fails... I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy. No one will survive. Craven, director of The Hills Have Eyes and Last House on the Left, a new masterpiece in fantasy terror, Nightmare on Elm Street. All right, anybody who knows me, like really knows me, knows that my favorite horror scary movie monster is the werewolf. Like, I've always been a werewolf person. You know, some people are zombie people, some people are vampire people, and some people are, you know, werewolf people, ghost people. I am a werewolf person. That's why, you know, I'm called the Great Wolf or Wep Wawet, which is the African wolf god. But this movie that I'm about to talk about now is called Silver Bullet. And it's another great 80s horror flick. You know, it stars Corey Haim, Gary Busey. It's about a little boy who's in a wheelchair. You know, finds out that there's a werewolf going around killing folks. Uh, he, he actually sees the werewolf and figures out who the werewolf is. So then he has to basically try to, you know, stay alive and try to convince people, including his sister, that the werewolf is real. And uh, once he figures out how to actually, you know, kill it, he, he has a silver bullet made. And at the end, he ends up shooting the werewolf in his other eye. You know, earlier in the movie, he actually shot the because the werewolf caught up with him while he was out popping fireworks. And he ended up shooting the werewolf in the eye with a bottle rocket. And that's how he figured out who the werewolf was which was the town, small towns, Talker's Mills owned, which is kind of weird. The small town's reverend, the pastor, you know, the person is supposed to be this you know, godly person, turns out to be the werewolf. That was some crazy shit. I remember when I first watched it, I always thought it was the sheriff, but it turns out it was the sheriff. But yep, it's a great movie, timeless. I watch it all the time still. I don't care if it's on Blu-ray, Hulu, VHS. Yes, I still watch VHS tapes. I still love Silver Bullet. It's one of Corey Haynes' best movies. Yeah, it's a great, great werewolf flick.
I'll probably there's probably gonna be a couple of horror werewolf movies on this on this list if you once you start noticing, but this one definitely a great one too. So here's the trailer for Silver Bullet. Also, just as a you know some knowledge, this movie is actually based on a a Stephen King novel called uh, Cycle of the Werewolf. And Cycle of the Werewolf is basically like a, uh, you know, shows the different seasons and basically kind of chronicles the start and finish of the werewolf cycle. And, uh, from beginning to end, from, you know, when he started showing up, killing folks to the time of his death. So you should definitely read that book. It's small, it's a short story, and it's pretty cool. All right, here's the trailer. It began in May. And every month after that, whenever the moon was full, it happened again. And again. What was that? It's over there. Who pointed that at me? Nobody knew who or what was responsible. Come on. They only knew it had to be stopped. Now, from the master of mystery and suspense, Stephen King's. Silver Bullet. Silver Bullet. The last glimmering hope. So The Howling is another solid werewolf movie. Uh, it's the what brings me back to this one specifically is the transformations. Like the werewolf transformation is freaking top notch. Like crazy. Like and they were the ones that brought in like the basically the big, you know visual transformations that were popular in the 80s. And there was a TV show back in the 80s called Werewolf, you know, about Eric Cord, and they kind of used the same transformation in that one based off of the, the Howling movies. And basically, Howling is about a, a, you know, a female reporter who, you know, stressed out about this, you know, this latest uh, case that she had about a serial killer and the serial killer. And she finds the serial killer in like this porn shop and he tries to show her. He basically, he wanted to show her that werewolves exist. And he basically showed her and, you know, when she saw it, she freaked out. She was about to get killed. Then he got shot. Nobody believed her that he was turning into this monster, so she goes into this retreat to try to, 
figure out if her mind was playing tricks on her, but the retreat is actually hosted by the people, uh, by this like werewolf commune. You know, half the commune are pissed off that Eddie was trying to, you know, show the world that werewolves exist. And that it's just not like this figment of humans' own aggression. And the other half, they were like with Eddie. And they wanted the whole world to know that werewolves exist. And when she figures it out, her husband ends up getting turned into a werewolf, you know, and then sleeping with the werewolf chick. And, and eventually, she ends up being turned into a werewolf. And she figures out when she's going to first turn. So what she does is she, at the end of it, she kind of uh, turns on live TV to try to show that, you know, these things is real and we got to look out for it. Try to expose, you know, werewolves to the whole world. Didn't go off well. They ended up shooting her and they ended up chopping it up to special effects. So it didn't amount to anything, but... It's a really good horror movie. It's really scary at its time. It's still pretty creepy now. You know what I mean? You know, back in the day, they had to use, you know, real special effects and not digital, which is why it still holds up to today. Digital kind of, digital is coming and go. I mean, I like some digital stuff that came out in the last, you know, decade or so. But nothing's going to be better than like animatronics and puppetry and real special effects so here is the trailer for The Howling first one it had some sequels too and I liked all the sequels but the first one is always better The Howling. Somewhere in this city, in this human jungle, it begins. Are you something? What do you see? What's there, Karen? What do you see, Karen? What's there? Somewhere in these woods, in this primal, sensuous, secret place, lies an experience too terrifying for words. And now, all anyone can do is watch and wait. Tonight I'm going to show you something. Make you
howling. So, The Lost Boys, another amazing horror movie from the 80s, also starring Corey Haim and a few other people like, uh, what's him called? Uh, I forgot his name, but he played Jack Bauer in the 24 series. But this is a vampire movie, and it was really good, had an amazing soundtrack. You know, uh, it's basically about a family that moves to Santa, Santa Monica to try to, you know, get away. Mother just had a divorce, and they move in with her father. <coughs> no, not Santa Monica, Santa Clara, which is supposedly the vampire capital of the world. Even if you don't believe in vampires, that's what it says on like a on a wall at the beginning of the movie. But basically. You know, the oldest brother gets involved with a biker gang, just happens to be the vampires killing everybody in the in Santa Clara. Uh, Mom ends up dating the head vampire, and the youngest boy ends up uh, befriending the Frog Brothers, who basically, you know, until they moved there, were posers, you know. They own a comic book shop, you know, they were acting like they were these big badass vampire killers, but they had never killed any vampires until, you know, until this family got there. And I think it's really good. Uh, it always gave me, uh, never gave me nightmares. It was, it always gave me like a good feeling. I loved the music. I loved the the uh, special effects, especially the deaths. And they even explain like the different vampire deaths, like, you know, some vampires implode, some explode, some scream, some go quietly, but they all try to take you out with them. <laughs> Anybody that's watched that movie knows that part, but yeah, man, Kiefer Sutherland, that's his name. Kiefer Sutherland is the uh, head of the vampire gang, but he's not the head vampire like they thought. Head vampire is some old dude uh, that and I I don't know his real name but I don't know if you guys have ever watched the live action version of of uh, Richie Rich he's Richie Rich's father but if you've never I, I don't I don't even want to know a person that's never watched Lost Boys but if you haven't watched Lost Boys you have to Stream it, get it, it's everywhere. It's an amazing horror movie. It's a classic. Anybody that I know loves it. Um, they were also thinking about doing a, a uh, remake TV series, but I don't know if that fell through. Now it's supposed to be on sci-fi, but I don't know. We'll see. But uh, here's the trailer for The Lost Boys. Later. Michael and Sam have just moved to Santa Carla, California. They're about to discover its secret. 
notice anything unusual about Santa Carla yet? No. It's a pretty cool place. If you're a Martian. Or a vampire. next one is an interesting one because it's the first one that's modern that's on my list uh, it came out in 2017 um, a lot of people tried to call it a remake it's uh, Stephen King's it they tried to call it a remake but I don't consider it a remake because there was a Stephen King's it uh, miniseries that came out in the 90s which was really good as well I loved it it was like a two-parter thing uh, movie's basically like four hours long and it was made for TV but it was still pretty scary and really good but it didn't really go by Stephen King's novel as much as this new one did and that's why I like the new one more uh, you know I loved that it's based in the 80s as opposed to the 50s I mean they updated it that way uh, it's based in the 80s had a lot of good 80s references and music and the, the clothing design and anybody that knows me knows that I love 80s nostalgia I love uh, 80s movies music and everything and this was a good one the Pennywise was freaking scary as shit uh, and he looked completely different than the Pennywise from the from the 1990 miniseries and they had some really great kids. Like these are like new, up and coming kids. You know, one of them, uh, Finn Wolford. Uh, you'll probably recognize him from the Stranger Things series. And I think he's going to be a really good actor as he progresses with his age and everything. And yeah, I was completely blown away. I went to go see it in the theater, uh, had a lot of jump scenes. Uh, even though it didn't go, I mean, the book is massive, okay? And the way they did it was, instead of intermingling the, the timelines, like in the original one, they kind of showed present time, then went back to the 50s, present time in the 50s, to kind of show all their stories. And then on the second part, it was completely in the present. On this one, they stayed completely in the past, the 80s, the entire film. And then they're doing a part two movie next year, and that's going to be them as an adult. So I can't wait for that one to come out. But I've, I've watched this new It since it came out well over 100 times. Like, I watch it every almost every week. And it's... Uh, 
It's amazing. Acting is good. Scare is good. Uh, it did its thing. Uh, here's the trailer for it. Hope you enjoy. When you're a kid, you think the universe revolves around you. They think that you'll always be protected and cared for. Then, one day, you realize that's not true. Because when you're alone as a kid, the monsters see you as weaker. You don't even know they're getting closer. Until it's too late. thinks this town is cursed. That all the bad things that happen in this town are because of one thing. An evil thing. Bill, if you will come with me, you will float too. something. A clown. Yeah, I saw him too. What happens when another Georgie goes missing? Or one of us? Are you just gonna pretend it isn't happening like everyone else in this town? If we stick together, we'll win. So Lone Wolf is near and dear to my heart. It's a movie that came out in 1988 and it is one of the cheesiest horror movies, cheesiest werewolf movies that you'll ever watch. It never even made it to DVD. Like I used to watch it all the time because I think it would come on on like Cinemax back in the day. But uh, and I'd you know rent it from my father's video store because my father owned a couple of video stores, but. Uh, I had lost track of it for a long time because I used to watch the hell out of it, lost the VHS cassette. And then I found it on a torrent site as a VHS rip. And this was about 10 years ago. And I was freaking excited. And I've watched it like at least once a month ever since. Uh, it's basically about a group of kids who uh, find out that something is killing people in their little town. And one of the nerdy kids uses uh, computer technology, well, 80s computer technology, and figured out that it's more than likely a werewolf. Try, and this uh, girl who's you know super cute, uh, 
who's also his computer partner. Uh, he tells her, she starts believing him, and uh, they get a couple other kids. One is a basically a uh, hairband rocker, and these two others are basically uh, the uh, basically the bad girls of school, and you know they get together and they try to figure out who the werewolf is. You know, it turns out at the end that the the werewolf is the teacher, but. Like I said, it's super cheesy. Like all the kids in this high school, they look like they're in their 30s. So obviously they were played by, you know, grown ass adults. They didn't look young at all. They didn't look like high schoolers, but I don't know. I, I like the music. It has really good hairband music. Uh, it's, I don't know why I like it so much. I just do. And it's one of my favorite werewolf movies ever. Uh, even some of the werewolf kill scenes are kind of cheesy. I'll always watch it. I'll always love it. I'm glad I have it. So, uh, yeah, this one's a little bit short, but go ahead and listen to this trailer and hear it for yourself. Lone Wolf. Watch out, kids. It's full moon time at Fairview High. Started it again. We know sooner move here, and you're already getting into trouble. Eddie's the new guy in town, and everybody wants him. I think I want him. Deirdre's had everybody, but she still wants Eddie. Uh, a computer, at its simplest, can only turn a cell of memory on or off. Joel just wants to play with his computer, but this time he's onto something really big. Now that you're single, how would you like to take a real ride? I'd rather stick needles in my eyes. Eddie has his eye on Julie, but there's something weird going on at Fairview High, and nobody has the guts to face the facts. Your police department is working around the clock to settle this problem. Then why am I planning my son's funeral? All I know is we've seen a werewolf. Do we really believe it's a werewolf? You better believe it. And this wolf really knows how to throw a party. So you'd better run for your lives. Because one of the students at Fairview High has a serious date with a silver bullet. What should we do? Go ahead, take it down. No! Lone Wolf. So, The Night of the Living Dead came out about 1968. Uh, it was one of the first zombie movies. Not the first, but one of the first modern, what, what you would consider a zombie, zombie movies. You know what I mean? Dead people coming to life, walking, things of that nature. And uh, still in black and white. Uh, I'm not sure who the names of the stars are, but basically what happens, I mean, it basically, when you first turn it on, it starts out with a brother and sister going to go see their uh, mother's grave, 
and all of a sudden you see dead people starting to uh, walk through the grave and start to attack them. One of the zombies ends up killing her brother. She starts to run. She tries to get away, ends up at this house. And then inside the house, there are people there who are trying to, you know, keep the zombies out. And then all of a sudden, boom, you have all these zombies that are basically trying to eat the brains and the bodies of these people. Another cool fact is that this is one of like one of the first movies that where a black man was a star in the role. You know what I mean? Uh, and George Romero, who is the director and writer, uh, he he uh, he put a little bit of political commentary in it. You know, with regards to the uh, civil rights movement and things like that. Uh, it is a really, really well-made movie, and it, it, I think they it only took maybe less than I think they said thirty thousand dollars was spent to make this movie. costume seemed really well done for the for what they paid for it uh, it is really ahead of his time George Romero is an amazing amazing director and writer like he is the father of, of zombie movies he is Mr. Zombie R.I.P. to George Romero by the way but uh, I've loved this movie since forever and because it's so old, you can actually watch it free on YouTube because it's part of the uh, Creative Commons now. So it's actually, uh, I mean, there's there's paid, you know, 40th anniversary versions of it. But you can also, you know, get copies of it online and it's not going to, you're not going to get in trouble for it because... It was made in 68. And another fun fact is the fact that he didn't actually obtain the rights to the movie for some reason or something. He lost the rights and it ended up getting popular and making lots and lots of money, but the money didn't get to him. It went straight to the theaters. <coughs> I found that out in a because it was a, it was considered a midnight movie, and there's a good midnight movie documentary that you should check out. But here is the trailer for Night of the Living Dead. Welcome to a night of total terror. <laughs> Night of the living dead, the dead who live on living flesh, the dead whose haunted souls hunt the living, the living whose bodies are the only food for these ungodly creatures. <laughs> Of the living dead. A bizarre adventure in fear. 
an experience in shock, more shattering than your strangest nightmare. Night of the living dead. A night with the dead who cannot die. A night of total terror. Night. Of the living dead. Last but certainly not least, The Dawn of the Dead, which is basically the sequel to Night of the Living Dead. Uh, another by George Romero and and it's part of a trilogy the last one is Day of the Dead but in Dawn of the Dead uh, basically at this point the entire planet is overrun by zombies and uh, this uh, couple they're trying to get out of the city and they have a friend who has a uh, helicopter. So his friend, another guy, and the couple, they get into the helicopter and they fly off to try to find somewhere that's not overrun by zombies. And they have to stop for some reason. Well, they don't have to stop. They, they, they look down, they see this you know, big ass mall and they figure they can, since it's closed, they can go in grab a bunch of stuff and then leave but then they realize that you know what if we fortify this place we can actually make this into like a home and everything in that mall is theirs but what they don't count on is the fact that zombies kind of still have motor skills and vague memories or whatever and the zombies start going into the mall or trying to get into the mall because that's where that's what they remember and uh, that's uh, that's another political commentary that's another political commentary that George Romero wrote into there about how people are like slaves to the mall and all this other stuff and uh, this is another really good movie it's long but it's really really well made and I love the fact that you know, oh no, there's always been this part of me that kind of wishes I could get trapped in a mall and have a mall. It's kind of like when we used to do uh, lock-ins at school. It just seems like it would be cool. But, you know, that's, this is the last of my, my list. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, last trailer is coming up. Uh, if you have any questions or if you want to call in and tell me your guys' favorite scary horror movies, please do so. And here's the trailer. In 1968, George Romero brought us Night of the Living Dead. It became the classic horror film of its time. Not that room, not that room! Now, George Romero brings us the most intensely shocking motion picture experience for all times. It gets up and kills. The people it kills get up and kill. 
this situation must be controlled before it's too late. They are multiplying too rapidly. Dawn of the dead. Meet me on the roof at nine o'clock. Get yeah. out. I don't believe We're it. We're going to get out in the chopper. We've got to survive. Somebody's got to survive. They kill for one reason. They kill for food. They eat their victims. Imagine, if you will, that something has gone terribly wrong. Shoot it, man. Now, accept the fact that there's no escaping the horrible consequences. George Romero brings back the dead. Night of the Living Dead has ended. Dawn of the Dead is here. We must not be lulled by the concept that these are our family members or our friends. They are not. They will not respond to such emotions. Operator dead. Post abandoned. You may never get out of the room. It's everywhere. What the hell is it? Looks like a shopping center. One of those big indoor malls. What are they doing? Why do they come here? Some kind of instinct, memory, what they used to do. This was an important place in their lives. We've got a war. I'm afraid. We have spawned our own savagery. Soon, it will consume us all. It is a horrible, hauntingly accurate vision of the mindless excesses of a society gone mad. We are down to the line, folks. We are down to the line. Dawn of the Dead.